HBs, we are back for Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two friends giggle, snort, recap, and review their way through a new romance novel each week. This week, we were delighted to read Courtney Milan's newest release, After the Wedding. So let's jump right in. Hi, Erin. Hey, Mo. It is so good to talk to you. <laughs> like, I haven't talked to you in, like, ages. No, I know, but there's something about seeing your shining face and really, like, being able to connect that does good things for my psyche and my soul. It does. Sometimes sometimes I'm like, oh, God, I gotta, like, crawl into that podcast room and, like, make up some sunshine stuff to talk about. But then right. every time I actually call you and then I see you, I'm like, oh, this isn't hard. This is this fun. Is easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually how I feel about editing a lot of times. The idea of editing pisses me off forever yeah and then when i start i'm like oh my god this is this is just getting to you relive our conversation conversation yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i highly recommend hbs out there just recording all your conversations with all your friends so that you can play <laughs> them back yes it's more fun than you think it's going to be yeah seriously as long as you get over um hating the sound of your own voice we as speech folk had to get over that real quick but a lot of people, when they hear themselves played back, they're like, <laughs> oh, I love it. I think I, I think I sound awesome every time. Every time I listen to a podcast, I'm like, nailed it. You did the best. You listen to like other podcasters being like, oh, I couldn't I couldn't listen to the podcast because I just feel like I sound like a doofus. Like my favorite murder. They say that all the time. Every time mm-hmm. I listen, I'm like, great job. Aces, Aaron. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. You did it again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So this weekend, finally, a bunch of the culmination of my work that I've been doing silently to the world has come to fruition. (laughs) Silently to me? Because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You too, I guess. Or maybe I have chatted with you about it. It's, It's not hard work. It's mostly fun work. But it's still like I have to get the shit out, put things together, cut in straight lines, you know, do stuff like that. So this literally sounded like pre- preschool, like what you just said. Was Oi. I've got to do shapes. I've got to put the shapes in the right holes. I've got to cut around the lines. <laughs> You're a dick nose. Okay. So <laughs> as people may know, uh, my husband owns a comic book shop. And this weekend was the um, the Bayonne Hometown Fair. And so... <clears throat> Lately, I've been doing... So we, like, set up a a booth, and he goes and mans the booth all weekend, and it's fun. Sort of. For not... For everyone but him. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it's fun once it kicks off. Those things are always a lot of prep work, but then when it's going, it's fun. Yeah. So for this thing, and for the shop in general, I've been making magnets and flasks. Oh, yeah. You accidentally texted me some of those flasks. Yes. Yeah. You got a picture of them and you were like, this orientation? And I was like, yeah, looks good to me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, that happened because I had to redo redo a whole flask, not realizing that Spider-Man should have been upside down. Instead of being right side up, like it looked to me like he was crouching, but really he was doing that thing where he has his legs folded up yeah, and he's yeah, hanging yeah, yeah. from yeah. his whatever. I was wasn't web. paying a whole lot it's, of attention. It's a web, <laughs> yeah. 
that's the one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I've made I made like more than 30 flasks. Um, and so they're all like waterproof and ready for the boozes and a bunch of other stuff. And they are at the the fair currently. So that's oh. really exciting. So if you're in Bayonne, New Jersey, uh, three <laughs> weeks ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, actually, well, we've been taking requests, ago. too. Yeah. Um, I've been taking requests. So, uh, yeah, people are like, I need a Superman flask or whatever, and I'll find the the images and make it, and it's super fun. Anyway, that's cool. what's been happening with me lately. My preschool crafts were finally sorry, shown I'm to the sorry. world. No. <laughs> when you explained it, it sounded but just the way you were like, there have been colors, there has been glue, there has been sticking things to other things, there have been scissors. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't sound as serious as your tone. <laughs> no, and it really isn't. It, I mean, they look nice in the picture that you sent me. I'm sure they take a lot yeah. of work. It's hard to get things when you're like decoupaging. It's hard to get things like flush to lines, you know? Oh. Unless you have yeah. like serious paper cutting technology. Which... Especially when they're they're curved and they're yeah. all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it just sounds the same. I tried to make it sound more serious. And then we were like, <laughs> especially when there's a curve you have to cut around. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? Montessori school really, really helped in my future life. You went to Montessori life. school, you bougie, yeah. bougie. I had no idea. <laughs> I went to Montessori school in oh my Hawaii. God. That is where my uh, that's where I got my first haircut by another three year old. Uh huh. That is where, yeah, the poor, the you poor. You cut your own hair, lame. Mm-hmm. No, lame. I had a friend. Wait, wait. So two stories. One, um, I'm at Montessori school. There's this jerk face little kid and the teacher, of course, like she turned her back for two seconds and then all of a sudden a whole clump of my hair was gone because yes. we were we were cutting things as you do. Yes. And was it in a curve or a straight line? Shove it. <laughs> so she presented my mom comes to pick me up and she presented my hair in like this to go jewelry box situation being like. I'm so sorry that this happened, but here is the lock of your hair. What? The- <laughs> it was so weird. That is the most <laughs> hippie school shit I think I've ever mm-hmm. heard. Here's the lock of your child's hair. It, it had like the cotton. You know when you get a necklace uh-huh. and it's like laying no. on a cotton in a thing? Like I think she found something in her purse to like make it seem a little bit better and she gave it to my mom like a like a keepsake. <laughs> Wow. When I think of my childhood mm. and necklace box like that, I think of yeah. my cousin Zach who put his dead newt in a necklace box like that and then wrote Tommy is died on it. Newt was named Ooh. Tommy and he carried it around forever and then he put it in the freezer. He must have seen somewhere where you can, they won't rot, you know, because it started getting real smelly in there. Yeah. They didn't find that newt in the freezer for like, we were teenagers when they found <laughs> that. Anyway, your second story. That's amazing. I think about that every time I see a necklace box. Every single time I'm like, what? <laughs> There's a nude in there. Yeah. Second one was my friend Pua, day before, I think either kindergarten or first grade, I was at her house and she was adamant that we needed haircuts. Oh no, it was day before uh, kindergarten or first grade school pictures. That's what it was. Ooh. Adamant that we needed, we needed haircuts. And I was like, this seems like 
an ill-advised idea. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, we have to have haircuts. We have to make sure that everything looks perfect and blah, 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 blah. And I kept on fighting her on it because mm-hmm. she's like coming at me with the scissors. And then finally she was like, I am so good at this. Watch. And she grabbed the no. the front of her hair no. and literally cut it off at her scalp. No. <laughs> Pua. Pua. No. Pua had a, a really fucked up picture the next day because there yeah. was no covering that. Oh, but now. <laughs> looked perfect. I bet. <laughs> but now, like, I would love to have a picture of me like that. I know. <laughs> like, look. <laughs> look at what an idiot I was. Yeah. Wait, so speaking of friends and amazing friends, we have some Patreon shoutouts. Oh, we do, do, we do, we do. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna do a few Patreon shoutouts. They'll be um they'll be forthcoming in the, the weeks to come as well. But mm-hmm. the first one is to Liz S. Liz, you are a benevolent fury who uses her considerable power and prowess for only the best intentions and outcomes. Oh, I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> what? <laughs> Liz is a childhood friend of mine. I don't know if she does use her power for good all the time. I don't mm. know. Liz, you'll have to weigh in on this. I mean, maybe this is an outsider's perspective, but yeah. Liz is the uh, the originator of the duff that we talked about in the last episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the knuckles up cunt punch. Um, yeah, that's something I didn't know about. <laughs> that is something I, I found out after I wrote her. <laughs> her but can but I also say? We're all stupid in high school. That's she true. has since come into her own <laughs> she furiness. Is. She is much more benevolent soul than she was in high school. As am I. We were yes. both evil people yes. in high school. <laughs> I did say she was a fury, right? She is a Because fury. she has the power to go either way. But she has since decided to only be the most incredible. <laughs> Liz and I were obsessed when we were little with uh, the cartoon The Last Unicorn. Oh, and by little, I mean like up through high school, obsessed, <laughs> watched it over and over, thought it was the funniest thing we'd ever seen. So in addition to being a fury, I want to say uh, that Liz is also a harpy in the best sense of the word, which is yeah. a huge winged bird who attacks the last <laughs> unicorn, growling, we are sisters, you and I. <laughs> she will like Or a very booby tree that takes Schmedrick, last of the red hot swamis, into her breast. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fucked up movie. It's hilarious. Wow. Yeah. All right. There's I've never this tree with it. like huge knockers. And <laughs> she takes this like wizard between her knockers and she's like rubbing them all around and she's like, love me, become a tree lover with me. It's very weird. It's for children. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next So that's up. Liz. <laughs> yes. Shout out, Liz. Thanks for the Patreon. Shout out to Liz. Love. Thank you for being our patron. Our matron, maybe. I don't know. She is getting married next year. Ooh! No, no, I mean, like, you know, this yeah, is a like, lady you know, love a podcast. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have Jacqueline W. Jacqueline, you are a phenomenal siren who has used her voice to bring so many unsuspecting sailors to Heathen Bosom's <laughs> Island. <laughs> the beauty of your voice is matched only by the beauty of your mind and spirit. Jacqueline! <laughs> yeah, Jacqueline, you're so good. That's Jacqueline W? Yeah, Jacqueline W. Yes. She, oh, she is, well, she's fangirl musing on, on Twitter. Fangirl yes. underscore musing on Twitter. Who you should be following for yeah. her live tweets of reading romance novels. And she also has a YouTube channel where she reviews romance novels. And she is the fucking best. This woman is magic. 
She Magic! is outstanding. Yes. Yes. There's just no other way to put it. I'm so happy we found her <gasps> and she found us. She makes me Same. very, very happy. Same. I can't even remember how she found us, but it, I don't it know. Was she was the best she, day. She is a candidate for first listener. She may well yeah. be the one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's like 10 or 20 of you that could be the one, but Jacqueline's right. in there for sure. Yeah, she could be the Spartacus of the Spartacai. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> okay, All and right, finally for today kelly p kelly you are a loving pegasus who holds so much on her shoulders with such grace and surety plus you're fucking fun (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) i like kelly p too so all these what's great is like a lot of the women it's all women so far right that are our patron that Uh have uh that have donated and become our our matrons or our patrons I've all been people that are like active on the geriatric friendship cult. Mm -hmm. And so when I see them pop up, I'm like, oh, hey, Kelly. Like, I know who you are. It's it's deeply weird because I don't know these women. Like, I'm not real life friends with them, but I feel like I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Kelly, if I'm pretty sure, I'll have to cut this out if it's not, but. I'm pretty sure that when I was, because I try to do a little bit of a Facebook stalk if I can to try to mm-hmm. really match my my to compliment really get to the your person. Shout out, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's the most melody <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> anyway, Kelly's the one who posted on the cult the picture of the Smurf after she was like, I was in court oh, yeah, yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. She was at the judges' chambers and saw the Smurf. Yes. So I was, I was, I had <laughs> this whole thing around Kelly being like a priestess of Thike, I think it's pronounced, the um, mm. the Greek goddess of justice and mm. purity or something like that. But I was so nervous about the way to pronounce the god's <laughs> name because it's spelled D-I-K-E. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You never want to call somebody like a mythical dyke. No! I don't! (laughs) Although, I'm sure there's somebody listening to the podcast that's like... I am a dyke of mythical proportions. There's somebody out there being like, call me a mythical dyke. That's right. right. (laughs) You don't want to just play roulette on that one. No! And also, I want it to be... (laughs) I also want it to be... Accurate. Like yeah. I would I would call them like something I would figure out something on the island of Lesbos, right? Yeah, but because right. that's accurate. <laughs> also, we have no clue of what Kelly's sexuality is. It really sounds like we're oh, no, trying to say that also doesn't here. matter. Yeah, I know, but I just want to be like now now yeah. we're in like a weird territory. <laughs> also, happy Pride Month, everybody. Yeah, happy Pride. This is our yeah. Official Pride podcast now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're officially in June, so it is Pride Month, and we are proud. We're very proud. Yeah. This bisexual is proud. So there's that. And this, you're an ally, so. I'm an ally. You're a proud ally. Yeah, so I was I was out for drinks uh, with some lesbian friends, and we were watching a soccer game. I was watching a hockey game, but they were watching a soccer game. Okay. And there was a soccer player. It sounds like they have better taste. Oh. <gasps> oh. <laughs> there was a lady soccer player. Yeah. On Team USA. She was number 15. Mm. And she ran out and I thought, maybe. <laughs> All right. Like, if she asked me out, I would go. And I was like, hey, guys, mm-hmm. who 
who's number 15? And they were very like, out of your league. You have no, no. idea. She is our queen. Like, you don't, <laughs> you're never going to get number 15. It was like, all right, okay. Aw. Yeah, she's not, no. she's not into breaking anybody in. But then one of the girls throughout the statistic, we were talking about politics and stuff. And she said that she had read somewhere where 20% of millennials now identify somewhere on the spectrum of mm-hmm. gay. And I was like, am I on the spectrum now because of number 15? Like, <laughs> just because that has changed something in me? And they were like, no, no. <laughs> no, that's a lie. They were like, yes. And they all high-fived me. But I, I think the answer is so no. supportive. <laughs> yes. They of were my like, awakening. Pat, Pat, you hetero. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, really cute. Yeah. We talked about your love of that one girl on the L word, too. Oh. I was like, I don't know anything about this show, but I know that you really like this one girl. And then I couldn't figure out who it was. We had to Google it. Uh, Kate Monig. No worries. Yeah. I got you. Shane, also, I, I found out, is her name yeah, on the show. I was like, yeah, she wears like leather jackets and she has like a <laughs> like a brown hair chunky cut. And they were like, Shane. Shane. I was like, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know her name on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All and right. then um, she actually in real life dated our other crush, mostly my other crush from Westworld. I'm blanking on her name right now. We just talked about her because Evan, Evan Rachel Wood, Evan Rachel yes. Wood. Yeah, you know what? I go they dated that as well. in real life. Uh huh. If she uh-huh. if she wanted to date me, I probably would go. I mean that jawline. I don't know how you say no. It's not. It's just that you she know? seems like very. She seems risky to mm. me. In a way, but she in seems a safe very way. like. Yeah, she feels like dangerous, yeah. but also she'd take Ooh. care of me. <laughs> yeah. She would hold your hand and walk you through anything. Ooh. Oh, man. So this has been Gay Pride Corner with Erin and Melody. Beep <laughs> <laughs> boop bop. Beep boop bop. Okay. New segment. All okay, right. Guys, we get to talk about this is something that I was like, I'm sorry, five star reviewers, you're going to take a back seat for one book because I want to do After the Wedding by Courtney Milan. So there. Mm-hmm. But I was a little bit, I was a little bit no melody, but I know that yeah. someday I will want to insert one book that I want to read in here. Yep. And I was kind of like, we've got too many reviews stacking up. We can't just insert things in here, especially because we've been trying to, when we insert books, we've been trying to insert books with some sort of diversity of, uh, of yeah. some level and I was like we're not if we're gonna insert a book it shouldn't be some like heteronormative white white regency England romance. times yeah and but then, then- <laughs> Melody came through with the win because this you guys it turns out is to be a biracial bisexual all over the place mm-hmm. uh, double lesbian romance novel to what <laughs> because you've got oh, Mrs. Yeah, Martin yeah. you've got Larissa, you've yeah. got the heroine experimenting with ladies. We've got uh-huh. a black hero. We're, uh-huh. we're all over the place with this one. It's great. I was yeah. so happy when I started yeah, reading this. Yeah, we've got an... Uh, oh, and there's not a fucking ballroom in sight. No! No what? Like, they're kind of getting ruined. There's a little bit of getting ruined, but not a lot. Not a lot of ruining. There's a lot it's of like, because I'm they're so already ruined. pretty yeah. much ruined. This is you what know? I like in a Regency romance. I want somebody who's already been like double, triple ruined before we even yeah. start the book. You know, yeah. I need a slut. That's what I want. Like in the good, like in the good sense. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to demean. I'm not trying to slut shame our heroine. I'm trying to say she's magic. 
Yeah, she's trying. You're trying to to put all the slut power yes, in there. Yes, Re- reclaiming the word slut. Okay, so I was so delighted, and actually, uh, quick preview. Oh no, this is going to come out after our interview with um, Sarah McLean, mm-hmm. and it's another one. Sarah McLean's book is another one where we there's like two ballroom scenes but you never see the actual ballroom really like there's none of the bullshit it's mm-hmm. it's all like an outsider's kind of perspective and this is very much the same way okay, i like a ballroom i'm starting to wonder if i'm not do you remember malcolm gladwell's ted talk about how people don't think they like the things that they actually like no but i identify with that a lot so he Why talks do you think about I how people so say hard against the bachelor for so long right <laughs> Like, people say they want a strong black coffee, but what they really want is, like, a weak, a weak, weedy, milky coffee, you know? Uh, And I think maybe I do really like historical Regency romance novels, and I just don't want it, because I liked a ballroom, and I was... Interesting. Yeah. And I had a much better reaction to this than I did The Unleashing, which should be everything I was about. Yeah. That's so true. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Know thyself, Aaron. Do some digging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay, this is uh, so fucking delightful. We have Aaron uh, come at me wedding. with their names. Who? The the characters. Oh, we can't start with the characters. We have to start before oh. that. So this is After the Wedding by Courtney Milan. Page one. <laughs> I cried on page one. Page one is a dedication. Did you read the dedication? <gasps> no. This book is, des- is dedicated for Anita Hill. And I immediately... <gasps> I'm just crying. Lost my shit. It reads, For Anita Hill, who should never have to stand alone. For Emily Murphy, Dahlia Lithwick, Nancy Rappaport, Leah Littman, Christina Miller, Catherine Orr, Kathy Koo, and everyone who spoke anonymously, thank you. And for Matt Zapatowski, for emailing me out of the blue, and for me, for answering. Yeah, oh. right? Now you're crying, right? Yeah. And I may have gotten some of those names wrong because I only know one of them, but. Oh my God. Right? For Anita Hill. Oh. Well, and Courtney Milan on a tweet I saw of hers forever ago when the book was coming out originally was like, this was a really tough one for me to write because the heroine in this is she had it all. She sort of accidentally walked away from it and then. She spent nine years trying to get somebody to think of her as worthwhile. Right. And and it's, I don't know, and the, the hero, of course, is half black. And so he's not getting the recognition that he deserves from his family. He's always fighting against, um, you know, innkeepers wanting to turn him away, kind of. And, you know, all of the things that make it completely terrible to be a person of color in the world Mm -hmm. um, especially in those times it's it's not quite to the level of the way america was at that point but it wasn't very far behind Mm -hmm. or it wasn't very much better yeah and i just it's such a beautiful beautiful way that i feel like she dealt with her struggles and her pain you know what i mean the uncertainty that i assume so because there's a lot of subtext in here that's I don't, I don't know, pretty clear to me. There's a yeah. lot of court stuff in yeah. there. Absolutely. We'll, um, yeah. Okay. So now we can talk about the hero. <sighs> so we've got 
Camilla Winters, whose real name is not Winters. And then we've got Adrian Hunter. Yes. And they're at their wedding. They're getting married. Oh, boy. At gunpoint, everybody. What a wonderful, joyous occasion. (laughs) So it begins with this wedding. I think the first time through, it's in Camilla's voice, right? Yeah. And she's standing there and she's like, man, I'd really always wanted to get married. I'd really hoped someday somebody would love me, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. And it's in well, like- a while ago. She she does make note that she says at like a, a lot of years ago, I dared to hope I would be able to get right. married. And lately, I've just been hoping that somebody would tell me you can stay with me forever. Right. Whether that is a platonic friend right. or a husband, like she didn't give a shit she was just sick of the uncertainty of going from house to house roughly every year. Mm-hmm. And so then it comes to his part where he's supposed to say, I do. And he says, no, no. I do not consent to this. Uh-huh. And she's just like, her. <laughs> and this is where she says that she like looks at his hands and like mm. his brown skin is like against his uh, white contrast. Cuff. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. This is gonna be an awesome one. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, so then they put a gun to his head and then he's like, okay, fine. Um, right. I'll, I do. And then they walk out and she's like trying to carry her suitcase and she can't. And he's like walking ahead of her and he like leaves her behind. And what a shitty, shitty wedding. <sighs> but then like, doodly doo, doodly doo. It's three days before. <laughs> yeah. Flashback. <laughs> and Adrian, the groom, is speaking to his brother. Grayson, who is yeah. Bay? Let's talk about Grayson for a minute. Oh yeah, yeah. You knew I I'd hope- fall in love with this guy, mm-hmm. right? Oof. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't. I I don't know. Into this is book Grayson. two of the Worth saga, which is uh, Camilla's family. But yeah, man, I mean, don't worry. Grayson will get a novella. I if, just if this is anything like the Brother Sinister series, he has to. I just feel like I want to see him have sex with somebody. Okay, so mm. um, <laughs> Adrian and Grayson. There's- Speaking over breakfast, they're talking about their uncle. Adrian has gotten a telegram from their uncle, who is a bishop, saying that he needs something. He needs help. Grayson's like, listen, Adrian, don't go out there. Your uncle always breaks your heart. He's going to be a jackass. This is like the 153rd time that he's going to promise you something in exchange for recognizing our branch of the family right it's not gonna happen and adrian's like you know he loves me he says he loves me i'm gonna go out there and uh and help him so adrian goes to see his uncle who is a bishop and he's like hoping that this time so what's happened here is that the uncle's sister has ran off a long time ago with an uh black abolitionist american right he was american And the Grayson and Adrian and many other brothers that died in the Civil War were the products of that union. And mm-hmm. the Who bishop... Who are still together at yeah. like 35 years Yeah, in. I think they're still alive and they're oh, off yeah. in America. But the bishop then like denounced his sister, refused to recognize his sister because she'd married this black man and now will not recognize Adrian and Grayson as his nephews. Even though Adrian, like, grew up at his house, they sent Adrian to England while the Civil War was going on to make sure they had, like, one son that wasn't going to die in this thing. Yeah. And because they have businesses in sure, yeah. um, in England that become important. Yeah, they make plates, China yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So 
he's running the businesses. He's doing all that in England. He's growing up in his, his uncle's house and his uncle's telling everybody, oh, this is my secretary. Oh, this is my page or I don't know, England time words, Scrivener or whatever. Aminothesis or whatever that was. What? <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. I forget. If I don't look it Nobody, up, like I it's not going to happen. I on you for this shit. <laughs> Listen, I was like, it, well, and I think it was even presented in italics because it's like an ecclesiastical secretary or um, an ecclesiastical apprentice, if you uh-huh. will, like a kid who's thinking about maybe going into the church. And that's why he's allowed access to all yeah. the, the serious docs. So everybody around the house was like, why are you always being so familiar with this like young black man who's your secretary? Yeah. Like, and he just wants to be like, God damn it, I'm his nephew. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he would always well, be like, I love you, but only like behind closed doors. He's just a jackass. And it was so serious that his, I think, if I'm not mistaken, his dad actually just said that his sister died. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, she was fully dead and in the ground as far as the world was concerned. Right. In Saney pants. Right. Um. So, yeah, the uncle has been like, she's dead. So mm-hmm. he keeps promising Adrian that when the time is right, he's going to go back on that statement and say, okay, these guys are my nephews. But he keeps saying the time isn't right, the time isn't right. So he arrives and he's like, what do you need help with? And he's like, I need you to spy on this other bishop because there's bishop competition. There's church politics. Mm -hmm. And I need you to find out some dirt on him so I can take him down. And then after that, I will recognize you because I will be in a better churchly position to do so. I'll be powerful enough to, to handle the blow to my reputation that is a black nephew. Right. So... Adrian very reluctantly yeah specifically what he asked him to do is to pose as a valet for this other bishop and like go into his home and like pretend to be a servant and spy on him and Uh Adrian's very like this isn't a great idea Adrian's like pardon me everybody I'm a CEO like I I like that's basically his businesses yeah he's a serious man of industry with a lot of holdings well and also if this other bishop found out that this oh, guy yeah. was posing as a that like doesn't oh god wouldn't that just it's so dumb yeah it's awful but he's like sure because he's a dummy and no he's, he's blinded by love for his uncle i see your face mention, i see the face you're making i know not to mention that while camilla camilla's whole through line is like the only thing she has to hold on to is hope mm-hmm. he never says that specifically but adrian is also incredibly hopeful Mm -hmm. and he's he's buoyed and guided by his hope and Mm -hmm. his optimism that his uncle will not be a complete and utter garbage human which darling (laughs) yep so he goes off and he's going to pose as this valet now meanwhile it it rewinds to what, like is seven it not, days is it earlier? Is it not valet? Is it valet? Jesus, oh, England in, times. <laughs> I think in England times it's valet. Fuck God. <laughs> I didn't mean fuck God. That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> it was fuck, comma, fuck God, period. Period. God, period. <laughs> oh, it wasn't. Even... Oh, man. All right, no comma in there. Sorry, guys. At least a semicolon. <laughs> okay. So then I think it rewinds to like seven days prior and Camilla's in the house, right? Yeah. Or something like that. I, I don't you know. know. I think exactly it's around the same time like yeah. of Adrian having the conversation with Grayson. But so it flashes to Camilla the day that uh, this they other arrived. bishop arrived yeah. at 
her house. So she works for the rector, Rector Wells, Wills, Wills Miles, Miles, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rector Miles. <laughs> and this bishop, who now Adrian is posing as his valet, arrives at the rector's house. And she's in like a horrible state because no one told the servants that they were getting a bishop guest. And now they're like here and she hasn't done the linens and she hasn't done the stuff she hasn't made the beds she hasn't polished the silverware she hasn't done any of the things one of them yeah that should have taken at least a day she Mm -hmm. now has roughly 45 minutes Uh, and she's got the situation where people have given her three priority one tasks yeah and only time to do literally aaron's nightmare (laughs) yeah (laughs) you would you would implode as you know worth is defined by productivity that's right and if you if you can't (laughs) get your tasks done oof oof Okay, so she's doing the beds, and Adrian, the sexiest valet that has ever valeted, mm-hmm. walks in, and she's like, "Well, and she's cursing. Yeah. She's like, I don't have time for this shite, uh-huh. and uh, or something like that." And he's like, "Oh, blah 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 blah." He's like, "Who does?" <laughs> and then they talk, and she's. I forget the actual stuff, but she's like, "Oh, you didn't hear me say that, you know? Please, please, you didn't hear me say shite, but." I think, like, she changes it to fuck or something worse. She said, if you hadn't interrupted me, Camilla continued, you would have heard me say, I don't have time for this trite bullshit. Because Uh she stopped him, or he stopped her right in the middle. Yeah, because he was like, he stopped her, and then she was like, oh, no, just now, you may have heard, uh, and he goes, it says, he looks visibly amused. I'm absolutely positive that I heard you say, I don't have time for this trite, he trailed off gesturing. Mm-hmm. And, and so he totally gave her an out to be like, trite, cockamamie, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and England stuff. she was like, yeah, she was like, trite bullshit. <laughs> and he likes that. He's like, oh, she's, oh yeah. she's a little, you know. She's spirited. Spirited, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's fiery. <laughs> And she yeah. likes him because of shoulders. Because he's hot. <laughs> yeah, he's good. <laughs> well, and he's very kind and generous, and nobody is kind to and her. And wants to talk ever. to her. Clearly thinks she's yes. witty and cool and wants to flirt yes. with her. They are definitely flirting. They're so flirting. But in a very cute, non-damaging way. Uh-huh. So anyway, by the end of this interaction, he's like, you know what? I know that I heard them tell you you have to serve tea and polish silverware and do this all at once. So how about I make the beds mm-hmm. and then, you know, I'll go. And she's like, no, I couldn't possibly make you do that. And he's like, listen, I'm really enjoying our conversation. And so if you perish from overwork, I'm not going to be able to talk to you more. And she's like, hearts a flutter. Bye. I know. And it's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she's like going around like shaming herself for having flirted with him. Clearly, she's been reprimanded oh, for yeah. flirting with men before. Something's going on in her life where she has been like seriously shamed for uh, flirting. And so she's like, oh, my God, you're an idiot. You flirted and blah, blah, blah. Which. And- Meanwhile, I'm looking at this and I'm just like, you were just, that was a normal person's conversation. Yeah, that was normal. She starts out this book in a situation mentally that is not good. So, well, and and he even a while, a while later, I I don't remember exactly when it is, but he's like, I don't know what the hell these people are talking about. Mm -hmm. It was barely flirting. Like, you were just bantering. Yeah. And yet she feels so terrible for everything. Oh, that's when. All right. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. So she she actually has the thought right after this. 
that no doubt what would be engraved on her tombstone is, Camilla tried to be good, but not for very long. <laughs> I, I just love that tombstone. What a lovely epitaph. <laughs> okay, so then they all have servants dinner and the servants and he's sitting there trying to like get little bits of information about the rector and the bishop and who knows what and stuff and everybody at dinner it's so awful is like well if you want to know anything ask the gossip camilla and they call her half price camilla because she only gets half wages Mm -hmm. it's like what is so bad about this girl that they only pay her half wages it's just so sad i mean there is nothing wrong with her. There is everything wrong with Rector Miles and his version of England times. Right. And so yeah. they go to bed and they have like a little like a little flirt before bed. Well, because because at dinner she is barely making eye contact. She is trying desperately just to eat her gross stew and like potatoes and cheese. Yes, she's avoiding him. She's, you know, not engaging because she doesn't want to be that lady anymore mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah and so then he catches her because she's heading up to bed and they like pass each other on the stairs right mm-hmm. yeah and, it's something like that yeah and they talk a little bit more but not much and then she goes to bed and yeah that's it's it a very day, like right? little minor flirt and she's just like oh camilla you shouldn't have done Here that but it was again. also worth it but you shouldn't have talked to him anyway yeah. so then the next day she <gasps> serves <gasps> some tea to Rector Miles and Bishop, it's Bishop Lassiter. Is Lassiter, that correct? Yeah. Okay. So she goes and gets the tea. The bishop asks about her real name. He's like, "Hey, you're actually Camilla Worth, isn't that right?" Sort of. Yeah. Thing. So he's all like, "Hmm, Camilla, what's your like real name?" Sort of yeah. thing. And she's just like, oh, yeah, it's Winters. That's really my real name. And I don't talk to my family much. It's very clear that he knows something and she knows something. But she doesn't want to say the thing that is the real thing about her family. And it's a very awkward situation for her. And then Rector Miles changes the conversation. And she's like, oh, thank God. He's like diverting the bishop away from this like really distasteful conversation and he's like hey camilla um log books and she's like oh great like this is where i'm great i'm very helpful and like remember all the log books so this is great and rector miles is like do you remember all the names from the log books and she rattles off a bunch of names of people who have uh, donated charitable donations yeah, and, and like, she's who like, visited and who has right. grievances and yeah. blah. And she's like, oh, right, and also Mrs. Martin. I definitely remember her. And Rector Miles like, okay, yep, all right, go away now. Um, right. So, let's see. And I didn't even remember that happened until I went back this morning and looked through everything. Um, so then, this is the big scene. This somebody the big thing. Somebody has told Adrian that the bishop has spilled mustard on himself at lunch. And that he must get him a new shirt or get the mustard off of his shirt. So Adrian goes to where the bishop is at. Mm -hmm. The bishop's clothes is at to get him a new shirt. He goes into the room. He shuts the door behind him. He goes to look through the shirts and he realizes Camilla is in there. So he's like, she's doing linens or whatever it is she does. Right. So he goes to open the door because you can't be behind closed doors with a lady in England. Yes. And not alone. No, not no. So, but he goes and opens the door, and it's locked. And she, yep. he's like, "Oh, the door's locked." And she's like, "What?" Like Camilla, and she immediately goes out. from zero to panic attack. She is like, "We have to get out of here. We can't 
be here. This is happening to me again. She's, oh my god. Yeah. I've got to get out of here. Going out of windows at three stories up with no landing or rooftop. She literally tries to climb out the window and jump out the window rather than be in a room alone with him. He finds the whole thing pretty funny because he's just like, come on, like, we'll just get somebody to unlock the door, you know? Yeah, but his his spidey senses are also tingling because, like, there shouldn't have been the type of stain there was on the shirt. Yeah. There shouldn't have been this problem with the door and there shouldn't be all these things. he says to her, I came up here to do the, do the mustard, get the mustard stain. And she's like, I was there at lunch. He didn't spill mustard on his shirt. So it was actually red wine. That's why. Red was, he didn't have another shirt because he had spilled mustard yesterday and he couldn't get the mustard out because he's a terrible valet. Right. So he's seeing that the story that they told him is lining up. Drink red wine at lunch. Ah, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So um, then somebody comes in and it's Kitty and it's the rector. And yeah, wait, wait. Yeah, it's Kitty. It's the footman, the rector and the bishop. They're all standing at the door. Oh, I didn't know the footman was there. Oh, because the footman's the one who sent him upstairs. And right. so I didn't realize he came why, into the room. Yeah, because okay. then Kitty. Oh, God, go ahead. So oh. then the rector's like, oh, my God, Camilla, you're such a slut. Like, I knew this right. would happen. You have not changed your ways. You're in here fornicating with this man. And the Adrian's just like, we haven't even been in here like five minutes. And she tried to go out the window like we're right. not like all her dress stuff is on. And we know that takes at least 45 minutes to get on. And oh, off. God. And they were like, you've been up here at least an hour. And they're like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? We've been in here like five minutes. And he's like, when I walked in, she was all the way across the room because they're like, she's locked you into the room. And he's like, we don't even have a key. We've been trying to get out. Like, it's just very weird. And yeah. then Kitty, then Kitty, oh. Kitty, the other maid, the one who's been calling her half price Camilla and has been so awful to her. And in Camilla's inner monologue, she thinks Kitty is her friend, which is devastating. Mm-hmm. Goes up to Camilla, reaches into the pocket of her dress and pulls out the key to the room. And is like, like this key. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the footman is like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't send you up here for a red, red wine stain five minutes ago. You've been up here for an hour. Yeah. And he's like, what, 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 what? What is happening? <laughs> so, then, so then the rector's like, okay, are you going to make it right? Are you going to marry this like, chick? And he's like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? I've done nothing wrong. Right. Ah, oh, man. So then they have so then, this delicious meeting with Adrian yeah. where they're like, Bishop and rector are sitting there and they're like, all right, Adrian, the valet, um, marry this maid because you sexed her. And he's like. And they're, and they're expecting him to just fall to his knees because of their station alone. Right. Because they think that he's just this random black servant who answered a a valet advertisement and is pretty shitty at being a valet. (laughs) Um, But he's not. He's like a very affluent man in the community. Yeah. So he's just like, yeah, you're both beneath me. You're both liars. Um, We've been set up and I'm not marrying shit and I will be gone with myself now. I will leave. Mm -hmm. And they lock him into a room. They lock him in the basement. Yeah. Um, and then, At gunpoint, I think. It's yeah. crazy. Then we get the marriage scene a second mm-hmm. time, but from Adrian's perspective. perspective. And then they head off to an inn. And from the beginning, we saw Camilla being like, I'm holding everything I own in this tiny suitcase that's actually kind of heavy. I'm trying desperately to keep up with him. And meanwhile, then we come to Adrian's perspective. And he's like, just so angry 
that he can't think of anything else. And so when he finally realizes like a mile and a half down the road that his eight inch taller frame has been speed walking and this woman has been trying to keep up, he's like, I am the worst. So he turns around and he starts talking to her and he's like, I need you to know that we're not actually married. Yeah. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's witnesses. We both said I do. There was double bishops there or a rector and a bishop. Like, this happened. Oh, the other thing is that they they were like, one of the things Adrian said was, you need a special license. You can't just marry (gasps) us right now. And they were like, oh, we've already got this. We had done got the special license. So this Uh is happening. And he's like, what is going on? How did this happen? So So she's like, like, there was a license. It was for real. Right. We're married. And he's like, you can't, you can't be married if you don't consent. And neither of us consented. So we're going to get an annulment. Yeah. So he's like, you seem like a perfectly nice, wonderful girl. I just don't want to be married to you. And she's like, yes, that sounds completely reasonable out loud. And inside she's like, why can't just one person think I'm worth it? I want to be married to him. He's so handsome. Yeah. So nice to me. Kind of. Right. I mean, she doesn't want to get married at gunpoint to a stranger. This wasn't. But she was just like, could he at least be like, it wouldn't be so bad to be married to you? Or like, yeah. we should try to get out of this. But if we don't, it's it's cool. It's going to be like fine. You. Yeah. But he's right. just like, no, this will not happen. We must yeah. get annulled. So, so they head to an inn. And um, he makes up this whole story about how she's a governess. And they met on the road. They get two separate rooms. They pay for their meals separately. But they first, each have to eat in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. what? Oh, yeah. But first they have dinner in the kitchen. That's Yeah, they have to eat in the kitchen because the innkeeper doesn't want a black man to eat amongst the guests. And she also is a little bit leery about this whole governess story. So she's like, you might be a lady of ill repute. You should also eat in the kitchen. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, it's a whole thing. So they have dinner and the dinner sucks. Like, it's like really gross. And Adrian's all like, this dinner is gross. And Camille's like... If you just I'm take, so hungry. So they cooked the potatoes in vinegar and then also the soup had no flavor. And he's just like, this yeah. is disgusting. And Camilla's like, uh-huh. um, it's not so bad. And if you put the potatoes into the soup, then it gives the soup the vinegar flavor. Uh-huh. You know? And he's just like, man, you're like one of those people who can really just make sunshine and rainbows out of everything. And she's like, yep, that's the that's worst quality of- about me. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only way I've survived. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so they go to bed and she just she sobs. sobs her face off all night. And he And she has these wicked thoughts she thinks to herself that she thinks they're wicked. I'm not saying that. Oh where she's like What? Sorry, also at dinner he told her about his whole family backstory. Oh, yeah. He was like, I'm just going to give it to you straight. And I hope you believe me. Uh (laughs) And she says she believes him. She's a little leery, but like believing is kind of her thing. So she's like, okay, I believe you. Because I mean, all she knows is he's a valet or whatever. And he's like, no, Mm -hmm. I'm only pretending to be the valet. I'm the son of a duke. And she's like, yeah, the grandson of a duke. I don't remember. Yeah, grandson of a duke. Yeah. Um, and she's Nephew like, of an Earl. all right, sure. Yep, uh-huh. we'll go with this. Uh, so she, he tells her that they can get the annulment from his uncle, the bishop. He just has to send him a telegram and it'll be easy peasy and it'll be done. Sorry. So then she sobs her face That's off great. all night. Yeah, and she thinks to herself, like, he told me all the things I need to do to make this marriage permanent. All I have to do is seduce him and uh, sleep with him. And then the marriage is real. She doesn't even have to do that. She can just lie. Oh, yeah, she could just say. 
and say, yeah, yeah he, he did sex on me. And then right. it's done. Yeah, that's so true. Because she's not um, a virgin. So they're not going to, you know, right. inspect her and be like, she's all virginy in there, which isn't a thing anyway. But still, she knows. They can't tell. Yeah, you can't tell. Hyman's like a scrunchie. It's not like a cellophane. Uh, um, so anyway, hmm. but she she knows that even if it was, even if the hymen was like a little cellophane in there that's punctured or whatever, she knows hers is already gone. So she's like, I right. could just say. Yeah. And so she thinks that to herself. But then by the morning, she's like, no, I'm actually a goddamn good person. And I would never do that. Like, I don't want someone to be shackled to me. I want something better. I want somebody to choose me. Mm-hmm. So he goes off to send the telegram and he tells her he'll be back before noon. This is crucial. Mm-hmm. And he goes to send the telegram. It takes over an hour to get a response. And his uncle's like, you're in this on your own. I really need this info. Don't yeah. fuck it up. He's like, they married <laughs> me at gunpoint. He's like, serious, horrible things have happened. I need your help right. immediately. And he's like, no, I believe in you. You can do it. And he comes back and he's like, Married at gunpoint. Serious right. problems. Need annulment immediately. And the uncle's like, mm, well, I'll get I you the annulment if you yeah. find out more dirt on the, you know, you had a task. Complete it. And it's so devastating. It's so awful. Yeah. But the silver and lining here. all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the silver lining. Go ahead. Is Mrs. Beasley. Is, yes. <laughs> Mrs. Beasley. What She's a great so side character. Fabulous. Yes. So she's uh, the telegram person lady. Operator. And she's clearly, he can tell when he's sending the telegram, she is very interested in listening to it. And then mm-hmm. he, she takes her his telegram about getting married at gunpoint and puts it in a little envelope that she has. And he's like, mm-hmm. aren't you supposed to like destroy those? He's like, do those? you have to keep those? Yeah. And she's like, no, I don't no. have to. But you can imagine this is very dull work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, you know, sometimes we have to go over them again at the end of the day to make sure everything's good. And he's like, that's bullshit. Like, she's just a gossip. And then she says to him, just, you know, wondering, was the woman that you were married at gunpoint to Miss Camilla Winters? Mm -hmm. I don't know how she... She may have pieced this together from other oh, telegrams and stuff. We know how it happened. Yeah, it's because of the other telegrams. But and like, then the gossip. In the moment, it seemed to me like she just knew Camilla Winter's shameless flirt and unfortunate woman. No, that's probably, not. But yeah. But in the moment, there we don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. she knows. And I'm just totally. like, oh man, this girl is so unfortunate that this telegram telegraph operator was like, hmm, I wonder who was married at gunpoint to this yeah. valet. Probably Camilla. <laughs> You know, half price Camilla. <laughs> and he's like, yes. And she's like, you know, they treat her so awfully. And sometimes she's in here and they are so mean to her. And they call her half yeah. price Camilla in front of everybody. And she's like, if, I want you to tell her that if she ever needs a place to stay or if she ever needs anybody, if she, she needs can come anything. stay at my house or, you yeah. know, I will help her. She's very sweet of Mrs. Beasley. It was. And she was like, I really should have said it before. Mm-hmm. And I, I never did. And I'm, I'm really sad and and regretful that i didn't so Mm -hmm. please pass that along if she needs anything i am at her service so sweet and it's the sweetest so he comes back at 4 p.m uh or later i don't remember but at least 4 p.m and the women at the inn have basically been like all right listen Mm -hmm. you had done been ruined we know and you're now left you're not a governess 
Like, what had mm-hmm. happened here is you came to this hotel with this guy, you had sex with him, he promised that he would come back for you and not make you ruined, and he's not coming back. So, you need to go to London and start being a prostitute, basically. Yeah. And the the hotel lady is like, uh, that kind of, you seem like the kind of girl that that kind of life would suit her. Yeah. She's just like, oh, I know, I'm so flirty. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, sucks. Honey. And so she's just sitting there all day listening to them being like, all right, uh, get ready for your exciting <laughs> new career. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're just like, uh, you can't stay here <laughs> tonight. Right. This is a this is a quote unquote respectable establishment. Right. So um, you can so, stay one more night and then you gotta go. Yeah, and she doesn't have any money. He gave her the money for the hotel. Uh, right. She just has her little suitcase of like two shitty dresses and shoes that don't have soles. Um, yeah. He does come back. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Yeah. And meanwhile, she's been helping in the kitchen all day, knowing that like she needs to be useful or else, or they're gonna kick her out. Yeah, and she has prepared this whole little speech for him. He walks in and he's like, "I'm so sorry, the telegram took so long and whatever." And she's like, "She's nope, like, I'm still gonna say to my say. speech. <laughs> <laughs> I have been practicing it all day. I have nothing better to do," um, uh-huh. which is great. Uh, and she talks about how she's been preparing herself for a new exciting career in prostitution all day long. <laughs> yes, yeah. She's um, like, don't worry. Everybody made things very clear to me today while you were gone, while you uh, supposedly abandoned me. And she's trying desperately not to, like, well up and tell mm-hmm. him that she doesn't like feeling abandoned because she's all too familiar with it. Right. And he, meanwhile, is getting the dressing down that he, he hasn't gotten in years. Right. And he, and he could have said there... her word or something that he was going to be late and he didn't. Oh, yeah. 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 And so he looks at her and he goes, you're a bit of a tigress, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but this kind of highlights a, like a fundamental misunderstanding that he has for kind of the first half of the book, which mm. he believes I've got to get out of this marriage because I've been trapped into it. I'm doing her a favor as well by getting her untrapped from this marriage too. But because he's always had some level of privilege his whole life, he took yep. over his family's companies at 15. He doesn't really understand what it's like to be a woman of nothing in this stuff. Like, this marriage is now the only thing she has. Like she's been, yes. she will be home. Like she will be a prostitute if this yep. gets annulled. And she's still been kind of like supportive of the annulment because she wants to be nice. Um, yeah. And he just does not understand that for a while. Like he thinks he's doing her a favor. Um, right. And kind of up until about this point where he realizes, oh, okay. Like she's, she's being very charitable by like, letting me do this annulment thing mm-hmm. so he takes her to mrs beasley because she's like i can't yeah. stay here with people who think i am good for nothing and am going to be a prostitute but like, i can't so they decide they're gonna stay at mrs beasley's house but i think first they go see mrs martin oh, yeah, they cool. strategize that night yeah about like okay now what are we gonna do because he tells her hey his uncle isn't gonna give her them the annulment unless they get dirt on 
Bishop Lassiter. And so I he's love like, that moment because she's like, she's like, yeah, remember the time this morning where I tried to stop you and tell you all the things I know because I have an excellent memory and uh-huh. I know all of the rector's business. Do you remember that? And instead you rode off to fix everything. <laughs> oh, do you remember that? And he's like, uh, yeah. yeah. Can you tell me now then? I'm ready to listen. She's like, oh, how charitable of you. <laughs> <laughs> so she thinks back into her brain and she remembers this Mrs. Martin was very upset with the rector about her charitable donations. So he, she's mm-hmm. like, maybe we ought to go see her and see what she was so upset about. Maybe he was abusing her funds in some way or misusing her, you know, stuff. So they wake up in the morning and they get in a carriage to go see Mrs. Martin. Martin another excellent side character. So Great. Let me call up her scenes here. Cause, um, ah. So they arrive and he's like, let me do all the talking. I am man with logics and brain. So I should be the one who does the talking. And uh-huh. she's like, because they want to okay. do like an elaborate lie when they go in there. And he does classic Nigerian prince. Um, oh, boy. He, he <laughs> walks in and he's got like some kind of African accent. And he's like, I'm a wealthy, prominent person of the Yorumba kingdom. And mm-hmm. I am visiting here. And I want to know where to put my money. And I was thinking about giving it to Rector Miles. What do you think about that? And she was like, oh, so you need somebody to deposit the funds on your behalf. Yeah. And then blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, I just want to do that. And she's like, this is a terrible scheme. You're not going to make any money with this lie. (laughs) And he's like, I'm not trying to make money. And she's like, well, I still think this is really (laughs) ill-conceived. And And she looks at Camilla and she's like, listen. Because Camilla has not said a word this whole time. She's like, listen, girl, like you are way too pretty and way too smart looking to be falling for whatever this guy's about. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but after he ruins you, if you want to come back here, I will help you out. <laughs> like sort of right. thing. Like you so you should not be in this scheme. And so she just keeps being like, stop lying to us. And then finally Camilla jumps in and tells her the real story. And mm-hmm. she still thinks they're lying. Like she's right. one of these old ladies with the cane who's just standing there like leaning on the cane the whole time. Like That's get right. out of my house. And then she, like, sits down and she's like, this is definitely still alive, but, like, I'm liking this story, But it's a though. really entertaining yeah. one. Thank <laughs> you for that, at least. She says, do <sighs> go on. It's a new lie, at least. And at my age, you don't often see new things. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so she tells her the whole story. And she's like, I just, we need to know if something is amiss. Mm-hmm. So will you just tell us the story of your charitable donation and what happened? Right. And we find out that, that um, she's elderly. She got, she got the inheritance from her dead husband, her never loved dead husband. And she has this really horrendous nephew who came to the house and attempted to take a maid by force. Mm -hmm. And a lady Martin was like, Absolutely not. She went to the authorities, turning in her own nephew, and they were nobody all believed her. England Times woke, which is boys will be boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, boys will be boys, and oh, I hope you give her a good reference yeah. and like pay her off a little bit. Pay her off, England Times woke. <sighs> yeah. So she tries to give. She tries to take care of this maid because she loved. I mean, she loved her. She was with the household for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And the maid was like, you're too good. I'm not going to take all of your money. Right. And she takes a little bit and then leaves. And Mrs. Martin then 
decides that her nephew is getting zero pennies. Zero things. And she's going to fill right. up her whole life with the most like lavish shit in her mm-hmm. old age well, to include. So, wait, so but, but first, wait. But first, she's like, so I'm going to give my money to charitable work. Some of it. Goes to fucking rector. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> of it. So it goes to the rector, gives over $2,000, and she tells him that it has to be specifically allocated to help women in this situation. Yeah. Women who have nowhere, nowhere else to go, women who have been compromised in some way, mm-hmm. and don't have any societal things to fall back on. And he's like, mm, mm, yes, yes, of course, of course. And when she follows up, he tells her that it just went into the general church funds and there's nothing he can do about because it. Because there were no women around in that situation to yeah. give it to. And she's like, bullshit. Like, all of England is women who have been ruined. Yes. Yeah. Like, she actually says, if there are men in the world, there are women oh, who yeah. need this. Uh-huh. And let's be honest, everybody. Camilla we find out, was one of those women. Yeah. Rector Miles fucking found her, Paid her kissing half price. a footman. Camilla wages. Yes. Yeah. And was like, I will take you in. I will make you a uh, a better person oh, with my God, with my Bible thumping bigotry and shaming. Yeah. And, um, and you're going to accept half wages in return. Right. And Camilla took it and she'd been there for 18 months. Yeah. So, but then she was like, and then these guys fucked me over too because I don't see the church being renovated. I don't see anything good happening with mm-hmm. those funds. So like, you know what? I am just going to spend this money on myself. I'm going to find myself a pretty young thing to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. So then she she goes into like a little thing about how much she loves uh pretty young women. And young things. Yeah, pretty pretty young things. Everybody assumes it's men. Um, but she says something about how she wants a pretty young thing and inquires as to whether or not the two of them can find her one. And yeah. Adrian says, that's honestly not my forte. I think I'd make a better fraudster. And we know how that turned out. I wouldn't know how to obtain men for you. And she's like, no, men? Wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is Martin Rolder High's men. Did you not just hear my thoughts on men? I buried one man and took his money. And let me just say that the money was the best thing he ever wanted to give me. It wasn't (laughs) worth what I had to put up with. I suppose I shouldn't say such things aloud, but I'm so old that no one takes me seriously. I vastly prefer women. Pretty men are nothing but pains all around. I see. (laughs) And then she turns to Camilla and she's like, so then it gets kind of awkward because, like, she's called Camilla pretty and she's like, oh, does she want to do sex on Camilla? Right. Is that what's happening? <laughs> and she goes, I wasn't talking about you. Mrs. Martin tilted her head in Camilla's direction. You, she said, pointing on the other hand. Oh, she says to, to Adrian, I wasn't talking about you. You, she said, pointing on the other hand. You would do. So Camilla's like, what? <laughs> she goes, no, not yeah, specifically like- you. I want a young <laughs> thing, but you're what, like 20? <laughs> she's like i thought as much you had that look about you like i wanted a 40 year old woman uh yes. like you know a young thing to me i don't want a child right. dear god and she's like i don't <laughs> want a child i'm not a man <laughs> <laughs> she's so men good. want children uh and then she goes she said uh that women will always find each other you know women can be terrible too but here's a bit of wisdom i've requ- acquired over the years however terrible women are they're usually better than men 
Thank you, Adrian folded his arms in annoyance. You're welcome, Mrs. Martin smiled beautifully. <laughs> You're entirely welcome and come back if you ever need to hear it again. <laughs> She's outstanding. I love her. She's amazing. She's amazing. So, so um, they head off in the carriage and they have a really, really good talk where he finally, like everything actually crystallizes for him that she is going to be left with nothing right. and with no prospects and... She tells him a little bit about her past and the way that she was like shunted from house to house and right. how um, she doesn't you know, tell him about her family so much. She no. just says she lost her family and that she went from an uncle who didn't want her to a cousin who didn't want her to a, f- a friend of a cousin. She tells him about Larissa. She tells him about Larissa in this moment yeah. where she one of the houses that she, she was thrown out of was that. She was young. I mean, she's only 20 now, so I can only guess she was 13. Yeah, at 13, this time. 14. And she started practicing kissing on one of the daughters in the home. And then she said, We were just practicing, and then we weren't practicing. And yeah. then they found out, and then they sent they sent away Camilla because she was a bad influence because she was mm-hmm. she was smooching their daughter, which is really sad. Yeah. And she said that she had thought that Larissa would swear devotion to her. And uh-huh. say, no, you know, I love her, so keep her, you know, because they're 13, so right. it's true love, of course. But she didn't. She just stayed quiet and was like, yep, she's a bad influence that I've been yep. smooching ladies. It was so sad. And yeah. then that she came to, rec- then she smooched on a footman somewhere, she mm-hmm. said. And then she came to Rector Miles and Rector Miles was like, all right, I'll pay you half price because that's what you're worth because you won't stop yep. smooching. And the end. So then she falls asleep in the carriage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he looks over and he sees that everything on her person is frayed and tattered and mended. And he falls in love a little bit. He does. While she's telling on her story. And he's like, you know what? She needs some fancy dresses. So he drives her to go get some fancy dresses, which is very sweet. And he's like, I hope store bought is okay. Oh, my God. She's like, what? (laughs) That's incredible. So, and then she comes back with all of her goods mm-hmm. and he's gotten her a meat pasty and a soda water. And she's like, "The you are just treating me to these delicacies that I can't even handle. He takes her back to Mrs. Beasley and they strategize more in the sitting room. Mrs. Beasley has like apparently gone off to supposedly get tea. <laughs> right. Because Mrs. Beasley's whole thing is... I'm not a gossip. I don't tell the gossip. I just hear the gossip. <laughs> like that's right. her. That's the the standard that she lives by. Mm-hmm. Can I just say when he got her the meat pasty? Uh huh. She says she'd liked him at first glance and liked him even more after they'd spoken. But now he'd fed her. <laughs> I know. <And laughs> she was like, "Oh no, I'm hopelessly falling in love." <laughs> I just thought it was, uh, it goes on and on. She's like, his smile, it did things to her insides and blah, 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 blah. Her heart had been kicked in the chest. He'd been even more handsome than when they'd first met because he gave her a meat pasty. That's right. Anyway. Okay. So they're with Mrs. Beasley that night strategizing and they decide that she should go back to the rector's place. And talk to the groundskeeper who knows all about all the funds and how they're used and say, hey, 
I am a woman who have, who has been compromised. Is, is there, there anything program? for me? Is there a program? Is there something? So if they can get the groundskeeper to say, no, there's no programs and maybe like swear that to an affidavit, they will be able to prove that the funds were misused. And bless her. She's like, he always liked me. He was always nice. Uh-huh. He was always kind. Poor girl. It'll be fine. But also that uh. night when they make up this strategy, he brings her some lemon cakes. Yeah, lemon tarts. Oh. So through her internal monologue, she hasn't told him this yet, but her father was executed for treason. Yeah, an earl. Yeah, he was an earl. So she's actually Lady Camilla. And he was executed for treason. She has brothers and sisters. But after his execution, they had decided they were going to stay together no matter what. But Camilla Mm -hmm. went to live with an uncle who was like, I will support you, basically. I'll keep you in dresses and lemon tarts. Yeah. And she's like, you know, we got to go live with this uncle, guys. And they were like, no, we got to stay together. And and yeah. her oldest sister, Judith, said, this uncle does not love you. We love you. And if you go live with him, you never deserve love again. We will, If you don't want to love us, we don't want to love you. And she has thought Either, of this yeah. as like a curse her whole life now, ever since she went she to live with that uh, uncle. Love. Yeah. And he he just kicked her out because he didn't like her. I mean, that wasn't even a time where she was doing anything wrong, right? He just, she was too chatty for him. Yeah. And ever since then, she believes that she does not deserve love because she shunned her family. She wrote her sister tons and tons of letters. Her sister has never written her back. Mm. And ever since then, she can't eat a lemon tart. She tried once. Yeah. But it just tasted like ashes in her mouth. Because it makes her feel so bad because she sold off her family for lemon tarts. And so he's like, well, I think you deserve love. And somebody, I might not be the one who wants you, but somebody will. And then she eats the lemon tart. And it's like. Yeah. And he's like, maybe you can just try. uh, And so then he watches her. Oh, God. (laughs) He watches her take a bite of this lemon tart and close her eyes. Oh. And like savor it and la 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 la. And then she opens, she like licks her lips. Mm-hmm. And then she opens her eyes and she's like, I can taste everything. Buttery and Adrian. Oh man, I really want a lemon tart. <laughs> it's so good. Tiny makes the best lemon bars. Really? My yeah, mom makes they're great so lemon good. bars. <sighs> um, okay. So she eats lemon tart. Then the next day they go talk to the groundskeeper. So he waits in the carriage. She walks out to the groundskeeper. He can't see it her. It does not go well. Yeah. Um. She basically asks and he's basically like, scram, get out of here. Um, Literally lifts a shovel to her. And then, yeah. when she's, And chases her off. Yeah. When she won't go, uh, she's asking more questions. He, yeah. And she's rattled to her core by this like it's yeah awful because it shows her how much has changed in the past 72 hours when this really nice gentle gardener yeah he liked to be her really kind before to her. she was slutty yep it's awful 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 so she goes back to the carriage and she's like um it she's, didn't go great. She, yeah, but she's not, she's holding a lot. Yeah. Um, she doesn't really tell him what back. happened. And right. she just starts crying. Well, she, yeah, because he comes over to her and he's like, wait, wait, wait. We've had this whole conversation and I haven't noticed that you're not okay. What's wrong? Mm-hmm. And she's like, nothing, nothing, nothing's wrong. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. And when she's thinking, she's trying mm-hmm. to like calm herself down. She thinks, 
Mm, trees, she reminded herself. Trees with leaves on them. Leaves rustling in the summer. Green grass. Sunshine. And yeah. that is... So, I don't... Do you remember the karate kid with, with the girl? <laughs> no. You don't remember the lady karate kid? What's her face? From uh from Million Dollar Baby and Boys Don't Cry. What's her name? Hillary Swank. Oh, Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Do you remember the Hillary Swank karate I kid? I never saw that. Oh my god, that. and she like jumps on the car. No. Oh, man, so the plot, I just talked to my friend Cole about this movie. <laughs> but it's like, Mr. Miyagi has to like train her because like, boys are like harassing the school has like there's has solicited like boys to harass girls in the hallways like it's a really crazy super weird plot like it's okay. super weird but like she becomes the next karate kid yeah and the meditation he teaches her is like when she gets super stressed out about stuff that's going on in her life is that she closes her eyes and she says the sun is warm and the grass is green the sun is warm and the grass is green Aww. and i have done that since i was like 10 years old watching that movie and i was like huh. camilla does the same thing as the karate yeah. kid <laughs> and me yeah <laughs> anyway that's useful guys the sun is warm the grass is green the sun is warm and the grass is green it's okay Somewhere the wind is rustling through the fields and the geese are blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, okay. So, yeah. So he, then she's crying. Like, I'm not going to make you go back. Because his whole idea throughout this talk is, okay, you go back. You ask for your job back again. Mm -hmm. And then you get the records. It's the only way we're going to get the records is if you go back and you ask for your job. And she's, she's like, like I, I want do to do it. anything for you. I cannot. Yeah. After this after this encounter with the gardener, I cannot. Right. And he's like, wow, I've really asked you to do a lot. I have to do some business, right, anyway? Right. So why don't we just go do my business? Right. Yeah. So they're going to go back to his house or whatever. And because yeah. he's got to, he has this whole thing where he had to, like, design some plates. He has to oversee the designing of plates. And so he's been he writing. To, off he hasn't told this Grayson. huge project. Like, fuck her shit about what's going on. He's no. just been like, oh, I'm tied up, Grayson. I'll be back to do those plates soon. And Grayson's like, all right, because, like, the plates are due. We need right. plates. And so he's yeah. got to go back and do the plates now. So he's going to take her with him. And I think he says, I, you don't have to come with me. And she's like, I want to go to where you yeah. are. <laughs> well, and also we need to strategize still. What right. if I think of something? Right. I don't want to have to telegram it to you. Well, also, I just want to be in your presence. Yeah, I just want to be around. <laughs> you smell good. Mm -hmm. So then we flash to Camilla's family. Da, da, da. Mm. Teresa dee, 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 dee. and Benedict, who we already know, I guess, because this is book two in the series. Yeah, but we also know them because she she dropped their names a couple she has. of times. But I think yeah. if you'd read book one, you would be like, ah, Teresa and Benedict, which I was not. Yes. I didn't know them. Yeah, because um, book one is Judith's story, right. the eldest sister. The one that told her that she didn't deserve any love. Listen, it was the heat of the moment and she was young. I know that now. But, like, I was reading through it, and I was like, I do not want to read a book about this horrible person. And then I I know and she was she's obsessed with sandwiches, and she's everything that yeah. I would expect a Courtney Mullen <laughs> heroine to be. I don't know why I doubted uh, the queen. <laughs> <laughs> and so we go back, Teresa and Benedict, and they're t they have, like, this great game where Teresa's a general, and Benedict has to salute her. It's great. And yeah. they're thinking of what to get Judith for her birthday. And Teresa has been trying to make pillows because that's what 
girls do. <laughs> Ladies do, yeah. Well, can I tell you something? Yes, please. She's trying to make all these pillows and they've looked like splotches and not... Uh-huh. The, she's trying she's to make a raven. raven, right? She's trying to do a yes. cross-stitch raven and it just keeps making a splotch. And one of them looked like... A rotten cauliflower, One right? of them looked like a rotten cauliflower. One looked like a diseased octopus. And then the next <laughs> sentence is, a shame. She liked octopodes, which I don't know the spirit of... I don't know Courtney Milan, personally. Okay. 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 Oh, God. Here we go, guys. Here we go again. Here we go. All right. <laughs> If you're a Patreon listener, you know that I made a confession. <laughs> I just okay. She feels a I connection. Just, I just feel like a kindred. Spiritness. I just feel like if I met Courtney Milan, <laughs> yeah. that we'd be friends because she is a law person like me, right? Who loves figure skating? I tried skating. to tweet at her about law a couple weeks ago. And I don't know why I thought a tweet about, like, when I fucked up in the courtroom would be, like, a good way to make a former Supreme Court clerk, like, be my friend. But it was, she tweeted back, but, like, we're still not friends. Um, <laughs> so she's a lawyer. She's also, I don't know if she was a former figure skater, but she's very into it if Love she's it. not. And I, yeah. I am a former serious figure skater and i am also very into it and i feel like we could talk about that and also mm. romance books and also having a small snaggletooth dog that you're obsessed with and then yes. here <laughs> you know about my do you know about my obsession with the word octopodes no the plural of octopus i thought it was octopi that's wrong oh it's an octopodes and i feel <laughs> octopodes i feel Octopi. like courtney might also have like a weird obsession with the plural of octopus and that's why she has inserted this in here because the history of that word get ready for your next two hour podcast so (laughs) octopus right yeah greek word yes originally in the english language they had octopus and the plural was octopuses, right? Like any other uh, noun that ends in an S, we put an ES after it. Right. Then I cannot get sometime during England times. I don't know mm. what the time frame. There was a movement to make obviously all the, pre-regency. <laughs> sure. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> right. know. There was a movement to make all plurals of words like back to the Latin forms. Oh. We tried to make English more Latin. So then it was changed from octopuses to octopi. And then after that, dictionary scholar people were like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would we make a Greek word a Latin plural? If it's a Greek oh. word, it must be a Greek plural. So they made it octopodes in much. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another plural Greek word, but they end in bodies, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the correct <laughs> Plural form now of octopus, but no one has ever said octopod. No one's ever said, look at that school of octopodes over there. (laughs) But that is I mean, it helps. They they usually don't hang out together very much. Yeah, fair. They're sort of solitary creatures. Um, And I don't think there would be a school (laughs) if there were. It's probably like an inkblot of octopodes. I don't know what this plural is. (laughs) But I am obsessed with this. And then recently, Mm. and by recently, I mean probably in the last like 30, 20 years or so. They have made octopuses a an accepted plural 
of octopus because that's what Still everybody not octopi no octopi is right out <laughs> wow <Yeah. laughs> but this is like the one word that is like gone through i don't know if it's the one word but it is a word that has gone through all of these like crazy changes and i a renaissance really yeah well i used to listen to like a a podcast about or no, wait, I think it was a YouTube video uh, series from, like, Miriam Webster about, like, weird words that have gone through, like, weird transformations. And this was one of them that I've always, like, hung on to in my head. Because <laughs> no one says octopodes, and that's the proper way. So here's what I... Th- I just feel like maybe Courtney saw that same video and has also oh. been obsessed with that word for, like, maybe the last 10 years. Maybe! And, like, maybe, maybe? that's my end. Like, maybe that's how we become best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, guys, she said this to me uh, via text one day, and I was like, hashtag replaced. <laughs> <laughs> Not the thing about the octopodes, just the... No, no, just, just like, yeah, I think, why isn't Courtney Milan my best friend? <laughs> I can never replace you with Courtney Milan, because if I ever met her in person, I don't know what I would do. I think I'd just do creepy mm. fingers at her face. Like, it's just become <laughs> such a, like... I just know it in my soul that we could be best friends and that's not a good place to be with a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I actually had, so this is going to come out after our, our podcast with Sarah McLean. And I, I think it was recorded, but Sarah McLean was like, there was this amazing book that I read by this author. And so I just stalked her into being my friend. It's possible. Yeah. Sarah McLean was like, I read this amazing book. I was like, I have to know this person in real life. And so she stalked her into being her friend. Wait, Sarah McLean stalked the author. I yes. thought you meant that since your interview with Sarah McLean, you had stalked this author. I'm like, that was like five days ago. Like, oh, how no. How did you stalk no. her? Hey, but no. I just feel like. I just feel, I'm not I good just feel at like that. I never become friends with people who have stalked me. <laughs> I'm like, laugh. <laughs> too much. Too much. Well, I think that's a, a particular word that, that is not how it actually happened. It's that thing of where you'd never be a, in a club that would accept you as a member. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, if anyone was, like, way too about being my friend, I'd be like, hold up. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, right, what's right, right. what's the problem with you? Why do you value me so much? Like, <laughs> No, I, I hear that in my soul. Yeah. Um, Which is why I was so nervous passing you that note in the award ceremony when I was like, do you want to hang oh, out? Yes or no? <laughs> That's how Melody and I became friends, you guys. We were mm-hmm. kind of work friends, but then at a forensics award <laughs> ceremony... <laughs> where we were both coaches on the same team, she passed me a note that said, would you like to hang out? Yes or no? And then I drew a heart around yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we became friends. <laughs> I like that exactly one person I put out on Twitter, what do you want the bonus episodes to be about? And one person was like, forensics. And I was like, oh, get ready. You don't want Buckle this. Up, bitches. You don't want this. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Okay, so Teresa and Benedict are like, all of our efforts suck. Why don't we find Camilla for Judith? Because Judith, Judith misses- has been wearing black. Judith has been mourning the loss of our sister. We must find her. Mm-hmm. And so they have a mission, mm-hmm. and it's so cute. Benedict is 14, Teresa's 15, right. and they're fucking adorable. So then, we're back in uh, Hamel, or wherever... Adrian's well, factory the- is, yeah, right? So she- they're at the factory. They're living in the cottage at the factory. They do a lot of, like... They go have dinner. He has a very diverse staff. Uh, this this plate china making factory place hires a lot of people that uh, don't 
have anywhere else to go and are from yeah, all they're trans over the place. Plants a lot of and, times. Yeah. So he's got, there's like a Indian guy that's like the artist, I think, and a lady named Mrs. Song that I assume is of Asian descent. They're all artists. Yeah. Oh, are they all artists? Okay. All of the people with everybody are the artists. Artists. They're talking about what kind of plates to have or whatever. So that's, that's that scene. Um, so basically we've got a few days period where he's working on plates. Yeah. And she's back at the, cottage like doing nothing um she's trying to figure out what to do with herself and she wants to be helpful right so she makes affidavit an affidavit for mrs uh, martin design writes up all the affidavit yeah. questions she looks through all these books and finds um other cases that have been before church court about different yeah. annulments and she starts to get like very empowered through these stories of other women who have Ugh. either been wronged by church court uh, and denied their annulments or stood up to, you know, like just all these historical stories of women who have been compromised and not granted their annulments and how clearly it has been the man's fault and the church has yes. done nothing about it. And have or just they been, should not have granted the annulment, and they did, right. because the guy wanted right, it. Right, right. Just Ugh. wronged by the courts in some way, and yeah. um, not taken seriously, and that their testimony was was less valuable than a man's. Yeah, so she's like, I when I read it the first time, I didn't understand most of the words. When I read it the third time, I started getting it. Mm-hmm. When I read it the fifth and sixth time, I started becoming best friends with these centuries-long dead women, mm-hmm. because we are sisters- in being wrong yeah. by England time. And she starts like <laughs> rehearsing like to trees and stuff outside, like what she would say if she was in that courtroom yes. now and like the speech she would oh. give. And he he's working on the plates and they've decided that she will be a person to like look at the plates when they're done to see if they're like She'll be a test audience. Good. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I don't have any taste. And they're like, Most white women don't. That's why we need right? you. Like <laughs> Yeah. It's so okay. good. <laughs> you're exactly the right audience <laughs> and so then every night he's coming home and hearing about like all the things she's reading and they're like talking mm-hmm. about their days and stuff and he's um and he's also working on the plates with all these artists his job his role his talent is to take these 10 or a dozen artists who are all sniping at each other and being like my design is best no my design is best and incorporating different pieces of all of them into one design and like working through the process with them so he's sort of like the mediator yeah and at first they have this idea that it's going to be the story of this bear with like different design elements composed and then he has a conversation with her and he goes up the stairs to go to bed and he's like oh my god of course it isn't a bear of course it shouldn't be a bear that's what's been wrong with the plates the whole time goes back to the artists and starts creating this dozen plate right. series about the story of a tiger. Mm-hmm. Little ah! tiger chasing its dreams. And she's he's called her a tiger throughout the book ever yes. since that first time he called her a tigress. And he would be telling her, he tells her facts about tigers. He's like, oh, you are a tiger. And she's like, what? Because I did this. And he's like, oh, yes, tigers do that all the time. You know, like, <laughs> I know a lot of things about tigers. And right. when he realizes that is after a, a specifically like very poignant moment where she pours her heart out to him. I think after she tells him that she's a lady and her dad was executed. I think so too. Um, yeah. But I just remember it being a part where she just exposed her whole soul to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was after they smooched. No, because they smooch after. No, never mind. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. 
Um, but she like, no, he's just falling in love yeah, with her person. He pour, she pours her soul out to him, and then he's like, I have to go. I must work on the plates. And she's like, all right, yeah. fuck me then, I guess. I don't know. Right. I, I just remember being like, <laughs> at least tell her a nice story or something before right. you run out of there. Um, right. And then, I mean, he's getting the urge to touch her, and he knows that he can't. Uh, I've got a passage. Oh, we have a... We have a patented Courtney Milan masturbation scene. I literally scene. wrote Courtney Milan masturbation scene <laughs> TM. <laughs> you know what? If Courtney Milan tried to trademark awesome hand job masturbation scenes, mm-hmm. I think I would be okay with it. I'd be with fine it. with yeah. it. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> I'm going to copyright. When a masturbation scene is this good, I'm going to sue right. you. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Of course. But like, <laughs> she would I'd never. I'm comfortable with it. She's she amazing. writes the best ones. God, they're so hot. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's in his bed. He thinks about her. Oh, God. I can't read this whole. He's thinking about all the things she's overcome and the way that she is beautiful and it had sunk into his skin every moment he'd spent with her he'd found himself wanting just a little every minute in her company his heart seized with almost painful gladness tonight she had talked about something Mm. else she had found in that book of ecclesiastical law and she had started caring about that she had started caring about he found himself leaning forward smiling wanting that future happiness for her so much that he gripped the arms of his chair to keep from reaching out and touching her himself he let out a sigh. Oh, he had a problem. <laughs> if, it weren't sim- if they weren't semi-legally married, it might be different. He might have moved his hand to touch her tonight. He might have asked if he could kiss her so that he could taste the determination in her voice. If they oh. hadn't been married, he could have explored this slowly, sweetly. But they were something like married. And if he and he didn't want to be. And they had to not consummate this marriage. If they started kissing and touching, it was a bad idea all around. Ah. Oh. Uh, oh, it's oh, so good. More importantly, he knew how much Camilla wanted affection. It would be the cruelest thing he could do to oh. give that affection she he he wanted for her. And when he didn't want anything aside from that momentary affirmation, that footman she mentioned had done just that to her. He used her and then discarded her. He wasn't cruel. He just didn't want to be married to her because he has this whole thing where he wants to fall in love like his parents <sighs> fell in love over, you know, time. Over and, a three-year period. Yeah, and, and so he wants to be partners and equals and allies first and then, like, maybe grow into something later. And his whole thing and, is this wasn't a choice. And that's her thing, yes. too. She can't bear them just, like, always wondering if they would have chosen each other. She can't bear another person being stuck with her. Right. For eternity. And he knows that he he needs to choose his wife. He yes. can't just... Ugh. And, and ugh. The, more, <laughs> the more he talks about wanting that choice, the more she's like, hold on a second. I deserve that too. Mm-hmm. I deserve to be chosen. I deserve for somebody to see how worthwhile I am. Mm-hmm. Because fucking hell I am. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Ugh, it's so good. <sighs> okay. So then... What's the next major thing? Just do they look at the plates? No. I'm sorry, I'm reading. I'm sorry. She's reading the <laughs> masturbation scene, you guys. Sorry. Point of order, Aaron. Can I read one more? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. 
<laughs> he liked her and he wanted her. He shut his eyes and let himself imagine a different conclusion to their talk this evening or any of the evenings they'd spent together. He imagined her eyes sparkling in the lamplight, the fierce determination on her face as she looked across the room and said that she wasn't going to steal love, that she was going to earn it. He imagined that if they weren't semi-goddamn why me legally married or whatever oh. this was, and he could tell her the truth, you deserve the world at your feet. Ah. Swoon, swoon, swoon. Yeah. So, so he um jerks it. It's real nice. <laughs> it is. It's excellent. It's excellent work. Good work, <laughs> Courtney Milan. <laughs> masturbation scene. Tm. Tm. <laughs> I think that the next thing that happens is that she. Well, also in her like building up of confidence, she decides that now she can go back to the rector and she starts practicing yes. how she's going to go back and get that records log so that he can get his annulment, you know? So, yeah, not just for her, but for all the women who have been wronged uh-huh. in the annulment And this process. is where you really start to see the shades of the dedication in this book. Uh-huh. Like when she's going back and being like, old court cases and I've got to do something for these other women in these other court cases that were fucked over like Anita Hill. Um, yes. I'm going to do something about this. So she's going to go back to the rector. We clip back to Teresa and Benedict who find their marriage record and they find a Camilla yes. Winters and they think this might be her. Then the next scene is Adrian shows her the plates because the plates are done. Yes. <laughs> and it's like this little tiger and it gets separated from his mo- her family. mother. And she goes down a, a a river and she's like reaching out of the river to get at this like star that's a dream, the tiger's dream. Mm-hmm. And then she goes over a waterfall and climbs up a mountain and then she gets to the top and there's of the a mountain. swamp. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, there's like a whole beautiful. journey it's that beautiful. happens. It's this tiger that's separated from her family and she's in such a horrible situation. And then she starts like crying and she's like, these are about me. And he's like, well, they're about all of us. I also lost my family. And also Mr. Singh lost his family and Mrs. Song <laughs> came from so-and-so. And I'm like, shut up, Adrian. <laughs> and she's like, right. Cause she's like slowly deflating. Right. And she's but like, she's oh, also like, I still think they're about I think me. They are, though. And she's like, but you call me a tiger. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, they're about you, but they're not just about you. They're about everybody. <laughs> Um, right. So, yeah. That, well, and that that's is gorgeous. what art does. And then, I believe it's fair to say it's on. It's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they go back and they're sitting in the library. Ooh. Yeah. And she's like, I'm ready to go back to the rector. I'm ready to ingratiate myself back in the household. And I'm ready to, like, get led into the house. I'll show you mm-hmm. how I'm going to like seduce the footman kind of thing so that he'll give me access to the rector's office. Yeah, she's going to walk in there and be like, oh, half price Camilla. Like she starts doing this act like you thought I was this, like I'm this, like I'm I've been working undercover for the rector the whole time. And I just need to get those records now and I'll be on my way. (laughs) I'm like, oh, you thought I was a a compromised maid? You were wrong. And man, she gets like up in his face and, so, and, and he's all about the confidence oof. she sits on the arm of his chair and like leans over a little bit and gets really close and then he just closes the distance well she or, says or, no first, we're not sure first yeah. she says one of my favorite duties she whispered used to be starting the morning fires our room was oh. cold coal being too dear to waste on servants who would warm themselves in labor 
So I dress in the morning, my hands too numb to do buttons and rush downstairs. There was pride to be had in adding kindling bit by bit, blowing on the banked coals, encouraging them to catch flame in a blast of heat. He could almost taste her words. He could feel the picture she painted, the warmth of the fire. His hand was on her waist. She leaned in a little more, so her forehead touched his. I always dawdled as much as I could on the job, letting my hands grow warm. I'd find some excuse. I needed to make sure the fire caught everywhere so that it burned evenly. I wouldn't leave, even if I threatened to break through. Cam, he felt almost hoarse. <laughs> I have always been susceptible to flame, she told him. Ugh. And then it's on. It is <laughs> He on. wasn't sure if his lips found hers first or hers found his. And then it's, oh man, it's a real good so then kiss. They're making out in the chair. Her hand is, is going down his chest, his sculpted chest. She's like grabbing and his waistband. There's a lot of that. A little bit. A uh-huh. little bit. And then she breaks it off mm. and is like, uh oh, sorry. Like that went farther than I anticipated. I thought you were going to come to your senses at any moment. Yeah. And so when I when it was obvious, and he was like, "I definitely wasn't going to." <laughs> and, he, and she's like, "When it was obvious, I came to my senses for us." Well, the first thing she says is, "See, it fooled you too." <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. She like, tries oh. all the bravado. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, "Never mind. <laughs> I wasn't." Yeah. Acting. He's like, "I wasn't playing." Yeah. Because he's nothing if not honest. So then she's like, no, we can't do this because I want somebody to choose me too. It's no longer just about you. I deserve this too. Right. So. And she couldn't bear it if they just stayed in the marriage and she never knew if he would have chosen her. Like she tells him that. And then they agree that no matter what's going to happen here, they're always going to be friends. And he asks her if it would be so unbearable if he hugged her. And she says, I think we've all been in this situation. She says, uh-huh. yes, it, it would be very unbearable, but it would also be unbearable if you didn't. And they do yep. a hug. It might be worse if you uh, didn't. Uh. So then they head back to the rectory mm-hmm. to avenge everything. So they arrive that morning. He sends a telegram as Bishop Lassiter to the rector <gasps> to get the rector out of the house. Right. What's up? But before this, we clip back to Teresa and Grayson. They've hired a, a oh no Teresa and Teresa and Benedict. Benedict. They've hired a private investigator who's found yes. out that she married she married a man of African descent, and there's a description yeah. in there of Camilla, which is oh. a plump, dark haired, yeah. eager to smile, chatty girl. And they were like, oh, that's her. So guess what? Yeah. She's fucking plump too. Like. Yeah. I was so excited <laughs> yeah, when I read that. Sorry. I was like, thank Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so he hooks him up with Grayson. So they're going to go find Grayson. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. So I just had to add that. Yeah. They go back to the rector. She goes into the rectory place. Yeah, because the right? rector has been... Um, he's, he's gone. He's going to send the telegram back, basically. Yeah. Um, and so he's been drawn away. Mm-hmm. So she walks in and Kitty finds her first. And Kitty immediately just bursts into noisy sobs. Bless her heart. And she's like, I am so sorry. He paid me. I was in the exact same position you were. I have a daughter who's three. She needs the money because she's with my sister. Like, I'm sorry I was so cruel to you. It was just so nice to not be known as half-price Kitty anymore. Yeah. Like, it's a whole thing. It's that classic, like, the bully turns into the bullier situation. Or the bullied turns into the bully situation. Yeah, and so Camilla's like, you know what? Are you willing to make this right? And Kitty agrees. So she lets her into the office, 
She packs up her stuff. Camilla finds the two different um, records that she needs. And then she and Kitty, Kitty has all of her worldly possessions in one tiny Aww. suitcase. And they show back up to the carriage and Adrian's like, what the fuck is this lady doing yeah. here? We hate her, she remember? Was part of it. She planted the key <laughs> in your dress. And she's like, nah, yeah. she's good now. We're good. We lady bonded for fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to provide us with an affidavit. You're going to set her up with some kind of position in your family or factory or something mm-hmm. with her daughter, P.S., and it's all going to be great. Uh, and so they look at the, the records and they find out that although Mrs. Oh, they already got the affidavit from Mrs. Martin, by the way. They got her yeah. an affidavit. So she yeah. had sworn that she gave them 2,000 pounds, but in mm. the records, there's only one. In the church records, there is nothing. Oh. In his personal, personal records, records is 1,000 pounds. He has an income off of investments line. Because keep in mind, 1, pounds. setting up the record, rector, 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 doesn't fucking matter. They have to get the bishop. The bishop is the yep. one that his uncle wants. So they're like, however crooked the rector is, we don't care. We need to get the bishop. So we find that he's got $1,000. They think they probably that he probably split that with the bishop. Yep. But they're not going to know unless they get their communications. And guess how they were Meanwhile, you guys communicating. They're sitting in Mrs. Beasley's sitting room. Uh-huh. And, <gasps> and Mrs. Beasley is is listening hard. And they're like, have you been listening? Yeah. And she's like, oh, yes. <laughs> yep. So she walks into the room and she's like, I am not a gossip. I do not. I cannot tell you I will what anybody says via telegram. I cannot. However. And I will not. <laughs> yeah. However, I kept that telegram that you sent. And I can neither confirm nor deny that our attic is filled with a metric fuck ton of other telegrams that have been sent over the years mm-hmm. i couldn't possibly let, let anybody you in. read them she can't no, that's that's ethically unsound she puts her keys down on the table and she's like oh look i've misplaced my keys <laughs> oh no and i have to go back like, to the office for some such reason <laughs> yeah it's so great it's so good so she sets them up. They head to the attic and they spend hours going through all of these telegrams trying to find some damning evidence. Mm-hmm. And then they find a series of telegrams back and forth. It's like the rector going to the bishop saying the package should arrive soon. And the bishop being like, thank you so much for that package. It's amazing. Yeah. And then later on, it's another telegram from the rector being like, previous owner of package, pissed. Yeah. And the bishop being like, don't worry, I'm going to come and we'll figure it out. And that's when he came. And then. And that's when he came. Even better. Even better. (laughs) They find out that they had applied for the special marriage license before they caught them in the room together. So clearly they were setting them up. So they've got all the information about Bishop Lassiter. So they decide they're going to go back to Adrian's uncle with all the information. Adrian's uncle is going to be like, oh, thank you, Adrian, so much. I now recognize you as my true nephew and here have an annulment. Yes. I don't know why. Man, Adrian is just as hopeful and optimistic as Camilla. I don't know why he thinks. Yeah. So. (laughs) Dummy. Me, the dummy? No, him, the dummy. (laughs) (laughs) So they go back to Adrian's house where Grayson is that house yeah she leaves her with grayson and he, yeah he leaves and grayson shows up sure yeah what he, but she's at she's at his house he goes to uncle's yes. house so he goes and talks to his uncle 
His uncle is like, very nice. <laughs> He's like, oh, totally, this is even totally better than I thought Bishop it was going to be. See, I told you you could do it, even though you said that you were married at gunpoint and the task was impossible <sighs> and you needed my help. See, you didn't need my help. I was right, which is just the worst. Just the pompous ass hattery. She had this line in there of like, the worst way of saying I won't help you is saying I believe in you. I you believe in you. On your own. That's so awful. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. And now he's like, I was right. And Adrian's like, okay, now I'll need that recognition and annulment. And he's like, ooh, ah, uh, yeah, if you would have... That was before you got caught. Yeah, he's like, if you would have asked for that annulment, like, right away, we probably could have done it. But now it's been weeks, and there's there's no and way that like, you haven't done sex to this girl. And he's like, I asked yeah. right away. I sent you a telegram, and you told me to wait. I waited as per your instructions. And he's like, yeah, but now that I see that you got caught and, like, they know who you are and then it'll look like I asked you to pose as a valet to go into his house. And he's like, you did ask me to pose as a yes. valet. It doesn't look like that. That's a thing that you did. That's literally what happened. That's what- <laughs> and, and he's just like, yeah, and I definitely, like, I definitely can't recognize you as my nephew now because they know that you went into this guy's house and, like lied for me and and, and how ungentlemanly Ooh. of me to set up another man and so he's like wait there was a you you didn't think about an eventuality where i was caught mm-hmm. and you couldn't give me the thing you told me you would give me in return and he's like no oh, no i didn't, I didn't think, think that about through. it that's not something i considered not at all because i'm so supremely selfish yeah i'm not able to game things out like that and that is the thing where he's just finally <sighs> like Oh, okay. I got it now. Like yeah, finally it's so this hopeless. blows up his hope. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the and, house And he's such a good person. Sorry. He's such a good person that he's just like, Well, guess keep that's all done. the evidence, I guess. Yeah. Good job. I did something nice for you yeah. again. And just leaves. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, Give me back all that shit. It doesn't belong to you. I know. Anymore. This is <laughs> this is why I mean Adrian's fine because he's listen, I'm not gonna kick Adrian he's out of bed. Fine. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> But this is why Adrian's fine, but, like, Grayson is bae. Because, like, <laughs> Grayson would not suffer that fool. Mm-mm. No. Not a single Speaking second. Speaking of. P.S. Meanwhile, back at the house. Meanwhile, <laughs> back at the house, Grayson comes home and finds Camilla and uh, is like, oh, so you're the one who married my brother at gunpoint, I guess, that he didn't tell me about, you know. Yeah. But also, he has a A letter. letter. From Teresa and Benedict. It is the cutest letter in the history of fucking letterdom. Yeah. They're basically it is like, so cute. we've been trying to find you. Judith has missed stealing. you. We want yeah. you to come back. They keep stealing. Yeah. They keep stealing the letter from each other and like taking over. Like, this is Benedict now. This is yeah. uh, <laughs> Teresa now sort of thing. It's Teresa here. Yeah. <laughs> I am not a tyrant. <laughs> Very adorable. It's so cute. And then she starts crying reading the letter yeah. because she knows that her family has wanted her all along and that's very sweet and great but then the line comes oh did you highlight this for me yeah <laughs> oh god captain grayson said <laughs> you're crying he said it in the way am- another man may have said oh god i'm being eaten by wolves <laughs> and my note said oh hello <laughs> Oh, hello, Captain Grayson, military Uh hero and uh, (laughs) sociopath. Um, What's up with you? And uh, let's see here. Aaron Catnip. It's definitely Aaron Catnip. He says, well, then, 
don't get tears on the family carpets. They could stain. And I would have to throw you out to defend the family honor. She looked at him. There was not so much as a single telltale flicker of amusement on his face to suggest he was joking. If he were Adrian, he'd have been smiling at that remark. Camilla blew her nose messily on the handkerchief he'd given her and then looked up. Oh, dear. I hope this wasn't a family handkerchief. Yes. His voice was dry. <laughs> it was. Non-hunters who use it perish. <laughs> and I said, be still my heart. <laughs> well, because basically by the end of that conversation, he's like, P.S. Welcome to the family. Yeah. It's so cute. She says, I'm beginning to think you're a terrible person, Captain Grayson. <laughs> and, and I said, yes, he is. Fans self. <laughs> That was my note. Mm. Why couldn't mm-hmm. she have? But I she would not it. have worked with. I was like, why couldn't she have fell in love with this Grayson fella? But then that would not have worked out no. at all. <laughs> she would have stayed the horrible shell of a person she was when we met her. Uh huh. Okay. So then, Adrian. Oh God, I can't even. Oh with this. God, you guys. Even, you guys. I can't. So okay, I'll I'll take over. So Adrian comes back. She's waiting in the sitting room. And their whole thing up until this point was like... I felt like I was going to vomit. I couldn't... I know. I know. In the past couple of days, they've been like, what if we did choose each other? And like, that's a possibility that could happen. And if we could get an annulment, or if we at least knew the annulment was a possibility... Then we would know. Then we could figure out whether or not we wanted to stay married. The last conversation they had, (sighs) they said something about how they could... Uh, strategize about their ruination like they could ruin yeah. each other and how wonderful would that be yeah and this Oof. is like after a near kiss and the whole thing so she's waiting in her bedchamber. he comes to the door and the only thing he says is will you be mine forever and she is just overjoyed because she assumes he's gone to his uncle his uncle has said the annulment is possible i can make it happen and, and he's, he's immediately turned her. around and has chosen oh her my God, oh my God. so they have some hot hot consummation sexy times and it was a totally beautiful sex scene but it was tinged by this like it's knew. all gonna fall apart moment afterwards he tells her that he couldn't get the annulment and she's yeah like, no she says she says when can i meet your family when can i meet your uncle uh, he's like oh he's no relation of mine he won't recognize me and he won't help and finds out that he's not going to help them get an annulment mm-hmm. it's pretty much impossible as far as his ecclesiastical experience tells him mm-hmm. and she's like oh god mm-hmm. like she just sinks into herself and is like you didn't choose me. So then he says like the worst combination of words with the sweetest intentions ever. Cause he's like, no, honestly, I didn't choose you, but I am going to do everything in my power to make this marriage work. And she's like, Oh, oh this is everything I've decided. I'm better, better than, than oh, over the past few God. This is everything that you've instilled in me that I can dream for more. I'm getting, all of it and so she tries to pretend i know she tries to pretend all through dinner she's she's laughing at the appropriate moment she's making banter blah 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 and then she says that he takes her up to bed and she's like i would have given him anything but he just wanted to hold me and fall asleep she can't sleep no 
This is one of those romance novel things where, like, the hero does something colossally stupid. Yeah. I wished, I wished that Courtney would have given us his, he says, he, like, later that he was walking around town really mm-hmm. upset about the uncle and, like, when he made this decision to go back and, and sex her up. If I could have had some of his monologue during that time, I think it would have helped me. Yeah, because it made sense afterwards. Or if he had just, just said like, that out loud to God, her. God, you're such a fucking monster. Like, I can't right now. Like, you I knew know. it. You knew that she was... Because you knew this about her already. Like, yeah. I was so mad at him. And I just wish I could... I couldn't forgive him in that moment. I couldn't. I know. Because he had hours to think <sighs> things through. Uh-huh. It's one of those things where you fight with someone in your brain. And then when you have a conversation with them, you're on two separate pages. Right. Because you've gone through the whole mm-hmm. conversation and you've never actually had it out loud. Mm-hmm. And it, it's sort of that in, in not reverse, but, you know, in a, a better trajectory. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, this is horrible. This is awful. I can't believe this is happening to me. But honestly, I really like this girl. Mm-hmm. I love her. I think she's wonderful. She's the only ray of sunshine in this whole desperately awful situation. Right. She's the only person who could make this bearable. Right. So, like... Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it work. Let's like in the best way, let's be married. But what he says to her is, I didn't choose you and I'll make it it's work. Just, like I just, oh. I just So she gets up in the middle Bucket of the of night, ice water. She writes him a note oh that reads God. as follows. <gasps> my dear Adrian, she wrote, I refuse to accept the outcome that we have been given. I refuse to accept that we have no choice. I'm going to get our choice back by the means available to us. You can find me at my sister's if you wish. Your brother will have the direction. Your friendship has been the greatest gift that I could have known. I hope that even Mm -hmm. after we are separated, we are able to continue our acquaintance. If I had been given the chance to choose your friendship from the start, I would choose you again and again and again. I would would choose everything about you except the one thing I have been given, which is you who did not choose me. Yours most truly. Oh. So then she runs oh. out of the house and she realizes she forgot her shoes and she thinks maybe that on some level she intentionally forgot her shoes so that she would have to go back in and then not leave. Um, so she decides to walk to fucking London or whatever without shoes on. I had a very huge problem with this irrational decision to not just get the fucking yeah. shoes and leave again, but whatever yeah. made it more drama. So she's walking all the way to her sister's house and she gets there like like jennifer the banana cake queen just full of of rocks in her feet ready to get nursed up by those sisters bruised and bloody (sighs) and the the butler tries to throw her out because she looks like a street urchin and she's like no i'm her and then judith comes out and she's like camilla Mm -hmm. and they have this beautiful Beautiful reunion reunion. they talk about sandwiches yeah she soaps herself in all of the different scents yeah yeah she puts (laughs) hand cream on her feet um, yeah. Let's see. Um, yeah. It's a so whole thing. And she then she's like, the I need lawyers. an annulment. She, yeah. She's like, she gets some dresses. She gets back to being Lady Camilla. She meets with some solicitors, which is how they say lawyers and fancy talk. And <laughs> then Adrian shows up. And she's yeah. like, I knew he would. So she gets there at 10 in the morning. He arrives at four in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and he's pissed. Oh, he's so mad. <laughs> he's like, oh, you sat he's through such fucking a dinner. Like, he's gone through his little inner monologue of all yeah. this shit he's going to say to her. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, we had good sex. And then you sat through dinner. And you laughed at my jokes. And you fell asleep in my arms. Then you want to get up in the middle of the fucking night and write me a note and leave. And I don't know where you are. 
And like a yeah. note that maybe I didn't find for several fucking hours. Like, cause I, I didn't know where you were. And she was like, you didn't choose me and you didn't tell me. And he's like, I'm right. And she's like, no, I'm right. And then they're fine and they hug. And then they hug. And then they. And then they kiss. Yeah, I think they do a smooch. A good kiss. And then they meet with the solicitors and they get their annulment. And yeah, several weeks. It takes several weeks of them not seeing each other. He's finishing up his plates. Yeah. She's like, after I get the annulment, can I come to your exhibition? Mm-hmm. And blah, blah, blah. They get the annulment and then they spend a couple of days just not talking. Really. Oh, no. He gets word yeah. and he immediately sends her a letter that's right. like, I would like to see you. And she's like, I'm doing a lot of traveling lately. Um, and I don't know that I'll be able to see you until this other day. And I, I will have to meet with you on a train because I've been doing so much traveling. Right. And he's like, yeah, just right. tell me. Since so why don't you meet me in Somerset? This great thing where she's like, I'll have to speak with you on a train because I'm so busy. And he's like, where and when? Yeah, I'll come to you. Loves her so much. Loves her. And he... Because he's ready to make his choice, he, y'all. You know he's going to propose because he's at he's on the train and he's about to... They're talking about how much they like each other and they're in the train and car. She, she, and she mentions the slow falling in love again. How both of them want yeah. a slow falling in love. Funny you should mention that. And he's getting into that pocket. And he's getting down well, on right. that knee. And he's and then well, no, what? Yeah, then a guy. And then comes a guy in. comes yeah. in and he's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and he's like, undoes the you know hand in the pocket and stuff. And she's wearing like a devastating purple dress. So great, it fits yeah. her. And then <laughs> she mentions the slow falling in love again. And he's like, "How precisely slow yeah. do you mean?" And she looks at him and she goes. Well, at least until we reach our destination, and then uh, the rest is negotiable. <laughs> so they get out. So she tells him she's gone back and she's visited everybody. She's gone. She's visited yeah. fucking her first uncle, her cousin that hated her, her Larissa, her her Larissa, smooching friend, who's, who's now who's a living full with blown a lady. lesbian living with a lady, yeah. and she's got all her. She's got a house, and she's good. They're companions. She has a particular and she's friend. Like, Thank you so forever. much for being yeah. my friend because that's what led me to know that this is the life I uh-huh. want. Yeah. So she's got uh. her particular friend, and they're off in the place. And yeah. who else did she visit? She visited everybody except for the guy who except who well, and he's like, her. "Did you visit the footman?" Yeah. And she's like, "God, no, no. didn't visit him." <laughs> so then they get off in their carriage, and they're in a beautiful field of wildflowers or whatever. And he's like, and "She's like, we've arrived. Where have we arrived? Who are you like, visiting today?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm visiting silly. you." <laughs> and he's like. Pulls out a ring that's like an enamel oh. tiger with like jeweled eyeballs and goldy flecks mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's like, <laughs> I, I choose you. And she's like, I choose you. And then it's it's smooching time. And oh, it's God. the end. And then it's happily ever fucking happily after time, guys. after an epilogue setting up Teresa's book. Yeah. Teresa, the fucking badass. Yeah, she's great. <sighs> I think we're going to get more Grayson in Benedict's book. God. Because Benedict I fucking wants hope to be- so. Because, like, I swear to God, that line about, like, you're, oh, my God, you're crying. And he said it in the way that a man would have said, oh, my God, you're, I'm being eaten by wolves. Oh, it's so good. Well, and they mention Adrian's great uncles, who are a couple. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Henry they and, started the plate business. Yeah. John? Henry and John? Yeah, maybe? because she says something anyway. about Larissa. And she's like, I hope that that's, like, not, like, super offensive to you that I'm telling you about my BFF Larissa, who's, right. like, gay now. And he's like, no, sometime I'll tell you about my uncles, Henry and whoever yeah. who started Plate, Plate Inc. Plate Time. Yeah, and I guess, I guess they have plate their world. own novella. 
Oh right, they already do. Yeah, she did a she did a man man novella. Yeah, male male. I guess Get it is. It court me. Okay. Yeah. Right. Man. So that's really fucking exciting. Can I tell you, I'd have been much more excited to read this book had Adrian been on the cover of it. I just want to put that out there in the world. Yeah. Because I was like, I was really dreading reading this book. I was like, oh, we got to read another Regency again because it's really not my thing. And then I opened it up and page two, I was like, this is good. If I had had like an Adrian and like a marriage at gunpoint, if I had had any of the elements of the book on the cover of the book, I would have been like, damn. Uh Uh Uh-huh. You wouldn't have fought me, I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would have been like, woof. <laughs> well, I mean, I will say that one of the hallmarks of Courtney Milan's books is that it's usually just, just the, the lady. heroine on yeah, the cover. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she kind of buried the lead in this case. <laughs> anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed this this nonsense. I did too. Um, I so just like, like all the stars, mm-hmm. I can give it. I'm going to give it. And... Uh, yeah, so my lady love is commit to yourself again if you can or if you need to. That's I'm having a hard time with that at the moment because I'm not I'm not feeling great and I'm not like I'm not doing the self-care things that I normally do or like I I would if I was feeling good in a, in a weird antithetical way you know (laughs) like yeah i'm not doing any of the self-care things that i should be and i'm i've the past two weeks i've sort of been indulging my baser instincts and needs and and all that kind of stuff and it's not great so i guess commit to yourself again with me if you need to (laughs) because i need to and yeah you know what i'll say i'll say the sun is warm and the grass is green and Ugh. just know it and say it over and over and it should calm you down if you need to. Mr. Miyagi told us yeah. and uh, so did Courtney Milan. And there are no two greater authorities oh! on, <laughs> <laughs> on meditation and self-love. That's right. And literal self-love. TM. And also uh, yes. Mr. Miyagi and Courtney Milan. <laughs> I don't know what Mr. Miyagi does in his private time. I shouldn't... Uh, Mr. Miyagi is a, a person of all facets. Sure. So, yeah. Um, all right. You can find us on... Oh, yeah. <sighs> it's so daunting every fucking time. <laughs> Instagram, <laughs> heaving, at Heaving Bosoms. Twitter, at Heaving underscore Bosoms. Gmail, uh, Heaving Bosoms Podcast at gmail.com. Send us emails. Uh, we'll s- respond. Uh, Facebook, Heaving Bosoms Podcast. Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult on Facebook is our uh, friendship cult. Closed if you group. want to join closed group, you can share all your most privatest, personalist things and no one will ever know. Is that it? I think that's it. If you have joined the Patreon and you have joined the Patreon at a level oh. that we are supposed to send you stuff in the mail, we need your send mail. Send us your uh, address. address. <laughs> we can't yeah. do it without that. I think we have like two um, and we're going to start yeah, we have, mailing stuff out yeah. soon. So. Yeah, we have two or three, but it please, please, please you can email it, you can DM it, you can whatever it. Yes. Just get it to us. Yeah. So, keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as Courtney Milan teaches us to. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> All right. I love you tonses. I'll talk to you later. Bye.
Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.